This is People Like Us, a show about Alt-NBA alumni. Here's Peter Neuenhausen from Alt-NBA 5. Tell me more about your technology background. So, you know, early 2000s, I was studying at the University of New South Wales. Um, I, I had a decision to make between aviation industry or computing industry. And um, you know, I was really drawn towards, uh, you know, the job prospects in computing. Um, the, the rapid evolution of technology was just really interesting to me. Uh, I didn't really program very much before university, but uh, I really started, uh, you know, when I got there. And, and I had a big interest in operating systems because it's really working out how the computer works underneath. You know, what's happening in the hardware, uh, in CPUs, and then how do we make that run applications for, for people to do, you know, useful work. And, uh, and I got really deep into operating systems. Um, I studied them as part of my thesis at uh, the university, and uh, I worked with some research groups as well, uh, working on microkernel research, and, uh, and I actually built a device driver framework for, for my thesis. So I was going really deep into heavy tech. And, uh, and I thought, uh, you know, that was the way I wanted to go. And, um, and then I started uh, looking for jobs in around the third year of university. And uh, that's when it, it kind of twisted a little bit because um, I, uh, I managed to get an internship at, um, at a small, almost startup, but it was about a five-year-old startup. So I ended up being uh, employee number 12 at, uh, at the company. And we were building call center systems. So, you know, everyone hates call centers and calling them up and, like, press one to do this, press two to do that. <laughs> and um, But uh, it, it was quite an amazing opportunity because here's a small company, and, and I wasn't even a graduate yet. And, uh, and they were letting me write software and, and deploy it and install it uh, at you know, large banks in, in Australia. And because, you know, they're the, the main customers of call centers, right? Um, they have a million customers and people are going to want to call up and, and talk to someone. So, uh, you know, the call center technology is actually it is a really interesting problem because, you know, you're trying to route calls from a big pool to a set of agents and things like that. You know, you're trying to do workforce planning and give the agents the best shift and and let them work the hours they want to work while still answering the calls most uh, efficiently. So, you know, this was a big departure from the heavy tech of operating systems, but it gave me a great introduction to the business side of it. You know, and, and small company and lean and, you know, everyone has to wear multiple hats. And um, and, and I started to, to write some, some reasonably successful products. And uh, we got some, some international orders, and I, I had to fly over to Toronto for one of my first trips. So, you know, and that's when I got my travel bug. So that's a whole other story. <laughs> but um, so, you know, I really built the, the business side of my knowledge, and, and I went sort of well beyond just writing code at that point. And, um, and I think this, this was just amazing training for, for the new high-tech economy because you know, I got to interact with customers and the importance of communication and leadership and, and things like that at a small scale first. You know, and I built a small team of, of five engineers at the company. And, um, you know, we were selling software around the world to integrate people's call centers. So, um, you know, that's, uh, that's really what I was doing before Amazon. And, um, 
and joining Amazon then required both sets of experience. So, so the heavy tech from back university days um, and, and the business side as well to, to make, uh, you know, risk-based decisions and, and to really understand, like, the impact of what you're doing uh, on a large scale. You, you worked for Amazon before Alt-MBA. Is that correct? Yep. Okay. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a household name now. Amazon was not a household name in Australia um, when I joined. It was uh, 2014 when uh, I got the offer to move from Sydney uh, to, to Seattle in, in the United States. And, uh, you know, moving around the world to join Amazon. And, and Amazon is not a thing in Australia. And, uh, and it was amazing just moving to Seattle and finding that you know, over here, Amazon is part of everyone's daily life. Um, so... You know, a lot of my friends were saying, uh, family were saying, you know, what is Amazon? <laughs> and, uh, and I could see it as this, this big uh, company that was moving in just so many different directions. And the cloud computing division was really growing at the time. Um, for me as a technology person, you know, that was the, the ultimate technology job. And it was a great reason to move you know, across the world. So I want to fast forward to, you know, where Alt-MBA comes into the picture could you talk to that experience? So, yeah, I went to the, uh, the Seth Godin Ruckus Makers event at, uh, at the end of 2015. And, uh, and at that point, I was, I was seriously considering uh, applying for my MBA. Um, you know, I figured that was the next logical career progression for me. Um, a lot of the people I'd met when I first moved to Seattle were MBA graduates, and, uh, and I liked the kind of work they were doing. And, uh, and I thought that, um, you know, that was a good path to advancing my career uh, as quickly as possible. And, you know, I was looking at the, uh, the two-year programs and like several hundred thousand dollars and, uh, and trying to decide if that was the right thing. So, so that was my question to Seth uh, at the Ruckus Maker event. And, uh, and his answer um, surprised me a little bit when, when he said, you don't need that. <laughs> Um, he said, go and do it instead of learning about it and, uh, and to embrace the fear and, and to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And, and these are some of the you know, core themes that we know now are through our MBA. And, and to be honest, it didn't really resonate at the time. And, uh, and it took me really six months of thinking about this. And, you know, I'd watched, um, I'd watched our MBA get started. And, uh, and I'd actually met uh, Kelly Wood at, um, at the Ruckus Maker event. And, and we were talking occasionally. And, uh, and about six months later, uh, I, I was considering actually moving to Japan because I'd had another um, a, a recruiter reach out to me and I said, you might be interested. You know, I, I traveled a lot in Asia and, uh, and I was considering doing that. So I really had these three options of like, stay at Amazon in Seattle, um, go out and do your normal MBA, or go to Japan. And, uh, and that's the point where Kelly said, uh, Pete, it's time to do our MBA. <laughs> so, yeah, like many people, I was at, I was at one of these crossroads. And, uh, and I, I never would have thought, um, you know, the impact that uh, our MBA would have had on me. It really solidified that advice that Seth had given me, and uh, 
and really exploring, you know, what is the fear and what am I fearful of uh, was a very powerful thing because, you know, I worked out I was, I was afraid of coming up with ideas that weren't good enough, uh, that didn't work, um, the, that weren't, weren't respected in the room. You know, I, was, I was at Amazon at the time. I was probably the youngest manager in the room for, for the most part. These are very critical systems, you know, um, multi-billion dollar business running on these systems. And, um, and I was afraid of not uh, coming up with good answers and good options. And, uh, and through the, I think the second week of, of Alt MBA, uh, when we were doing the marketing campaign, uh, I was ready to run up the white flag then. I mean, I'm a tech guy. I, I don't know anything about marketing campaigns. <laughs> you know, I was like, how do you create a market? I don't know. <laughs> so, and I was with this really intimidating group as well. Like, there was a guy who's in B2B sales at, at Apple. You know, there was, there was the guy who invented the, the 7-Eleven brain freeze commercial. You know, I'm like, these are serious, like, marketing people. And, like, what can I possibly contribute to, to this project? Um, so, you know, I took the, um, the task of building the personas for the, for the customer. And, uh, and I just sat down for an entire, the entire Saturday, you know, the, the day off on Alt MBA. <laughs> and, um, and I wrote the most detailed persona I possibly could. And, uh, and at the time, the, the marketing campaign was about obesity. And, uh, and I just wrote detailed and detailed and more detailed. And, you know, I still remember the story of this, this persona was a lady who was living in Tennessee who works at a call center, has a family with two kids. You know, her husband's like a, a furniture delivery guy. Um, you know, and I really went into the details. I, I found a job posting on like a job board and said, like, this is the role that she had. This is her salary. Where does she live? Google Maps, like pinpoint the, the address. You know, what's the transport like around there? Is there public transport? No. Okay, she drives to the office. <laughs> you know, and like the most minute details ever. And uh, this was actually becoming pretty fun. Um, what I didn't realize was that um, it really explained to me like how people can become obese. Because I, I hadn't really thought it through. And you know, this built a lot of empathy for, for the people that were part of the campaign, that the campaign was targeted at. You know, and it was easy to see that, you know, there was an on-site gym at the call center, but, you know, she finishes her shift and, and heads home to be with the family, you know, rather than spending an hour working out. So um, it really built the story of, you know, why do people do what they do? And, and how to really look into their lives and see it from their point of view. Um, so not only was that an amazing lesson, you know, it helped me to get through and, and really help my group. Because, <laughs> you, know? uh, you know, these guys are very impressed that, you know, I built these, I built three personas and spent about 12 hours building three personas. Um, but, you know, at the end of the project, um, one of them, you know, had some feedback for and uh, it was one of the most valuable moments was, um, was that he said, I, I can see that you have ideas, but you're holding back. And, and we had this discussion about why am I holding back my idea? 
you know, and it's that moment where you're having a conversation, like, we could do this, you know, and will I put up my hand? And, um, and it was because I was worried that my idea wasn't good enough. So we talked about how can we take away that fear? And, and it was just so simple. It was just prefacing it with, what about you say, I think this? Or have we thought about that? You know, instead of coming in and saying like, hey, we must go and do this, just turn the language back and just say, you know, I think we should have a look at this idea. You know, and then that just takes away the need to be right. And um, that, was, that was incredibly powerful. And, you know, for the next few months, even at the office, I was, I was just sort of stopping myself before speaking and, and prefacing it with something like that. And, uh, and this just took away that fear of, like, I need to be right, I need to have a fully formed idea, you know, I need to be able to answer, like, a whole bunch of frequently asked questions before I submit my idea. So, really got me out of that habit. How did Alt-MBA change the way you, you showed up um, in your work at Amazon? I think it's, it's counter to a lot of, I guess, people's in, intuition. But many people feel stuck at, like, big corporate jobs and, and large companies. Um, but I think there's always room for creativity in whatever it is you're doing. You know, I was doing the, the deepest possible technology in the cloud, yet I still saw a lot of opportunity for creativity in my team. And, um, you know, we built some amazing systems because we, we got those creative ideas on the table. And, and really made them happen. And, uh, and I think, um, you know, my, my senior leadership recognized, um, you know, what was happening here. And, uh, and I built a pretty special team at the time. And, uh, you know, we were under a lot of pressure to, to alleviate some scaling issues in the cloud. And, um, you know, by and large, we completed that work without even being noticed. And, uh, and that was because of some, some really creative thinking that happened in my team. And, um, and I just took that, um, I guess, uh, uh, you know, I, I wanted to just foster creativity in, in my work. And, uh, and then the, the opportunities started coming. Uh, you know, within probably three months of finishing out MBA, like uh, I was handed a second team. Uh, so my team size doubled. Um, certainly my uh, area of responsibility doubled. <laughs> and, uh, and that, that was more than enough to keep me excited and interested um, and, and to stay because, um, you know, I was just able to find the opportunity. And, uh, and I think at most large companies, you know, there are opportunities. And, and it's a question of just talking to the right people and, and getting yourself unstuck. And that's, um, that's now like one of the core things I, I like to impart on my staff is that, you know, getting themselves unstuck is just one of the most valuable skills you can learn. And, um, and I don't think it's really an environmental thing. You know, you, you can unstick pretty well any situation, I think. And, uh, and I like to be positive and everything, but um, I'm, I'm yet to see, you know, a situation where people are actually stuck. And, you know, what can you do to work around it? And, and how can you run the argument back counter to those people who are, who are trying to stick uh, with the old way? You know, I always think there's there's opportunity for that that creativity to come out. And, you know, if you can foster that in your team, like that's that's going to really 
pay dividends. So what's next for you, or, or what are you working on now? Yeah, you know, so for the, for the last year, I've been working on Alexa. And uh, it's a whole, whole new set of challenges for me, certainly at scale. And, and it kind of brings me full circle back to, back to the call center day, where I was working on those speech recognition systems and, and sending customers to the right place. And, uh, and now, you know, I get to do it in, in a system that, that has some AI in the background. And, uh, and it's really about bringing artificial intelligence to, to the home. And, and like, I'm specifically working on the, the kids edition Echo Dot, um, just launched, uh, earlier this year. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we're, we're taking feedback on that and, and we're really learning and, and we get to decide, you know, what, um, what role does AI play in the, the home environment? And, um, and, you know, how should kids interact with Alexa? You know, should they be saying please and thank you to it? You know, should they be treating it like a person? Oh, there it is. I happen to have one in the room. <laughs> um, you know, and, and should we take the approach of, like, reducing the content so that everything that a child serves is safe? Or should we increase the size of the catalog and, and try to get them access to everything possible? And, um, you know, I've certainly learned parents have, you know, really strong opinions on both sides. And, uh, and we have to really take all that data and, and decide, like, how is this going to work? Because kids are going to use it and they're going to have access to it. And, um, and the sooner we put some guardrails in place and, and make it a good experience for them, um, it'll be much safer and uh, our kids will have a good experience using it. Yeah, well, I I have one and I love it. Um, nice. <laughs> and and I would say it's it's like in in all that may we learn that not making a decision is making a decision. Yeah. That to your point, you know, children are going to be using this technology, and if we're not designing it, then then we're kind of abdicating the responsibility. Yeah. Uh, to to how how kids are going to learn how to use these things. Exactly. So, um, you know, we, we have to really decide what's going to happen. Now. And, um, you know, we're, we're testing the market and, and we're putting things out there and, and we're taking feedback on it. And uh, it's just, it's really interesting to see. And, you know, by and large, we can act on the feedback. And the interesting part from the technology side is I get to work across all of the Alexa systems. And, uh, and then we have to apply this moral judgment filter. To, to decide, you know, how do we interpret, you know, what's right and wrong, and, and what do we allow kids to do, and what do we not allow them to do? And uh, it's just a fascinating space, and uh, it's it's certainly exciting, and uh, you know, someone has to do it. You know, we can't abdicate that responsibility. So to close the show, fill in the blank, reach out if blank. Uh, how would you how would you fill in the blank? So reach out if, um, if you want to talk about technology leadership because I think you know, technology for technology's sake is, is not really making the world a better place. And, um, and we do have this lack of leadership across many technology companies right now. And um, I'm looking at how can I improve the, uh, the industry as a whole. And, uh, and I think you know, being in the middle of, of Amazon, as it were, 
um, is a great place to do that from. So, um, you know, I'm definitely here to improve things and, and make the industry better and bring us up to the level of uh, you know, a trusted profession. And, uh, yeah, I'd love to talk to more people about um, what they're doing in this space and, uh, and also happy to share my ideas and, you know, what's working for me. So, uh, yeah, that would be a great reason to yeah, reach out. Thanks for listening. Check out the show notes for ways to contact Peter.